0: I'm a little behind on some of my independent films that I need to be watching that are popping up all over your Amazons and your Hulus and your not so much Netflixes, but uh, your Shutters also, Tubies. These are streaming platforms if you haven't caught what I'm trying to say right now. But I'm very thankful for people that have said, hey, man, should check this one out. People tweet me, DM me, text me. I'm lying, nobody really tweets me because I, I I still have never been able to crack the algorithm of Twitter, so that's a lie. But people hit me up and say, you should check this one out. And since I've had a lot of time at home in the last month and a half, I've been catching up on some things. And someone hit me up about a little film popped up on Shudder, and it's also on Arrow Video Streaming Service, and it uh, also got a Blu-ray release. It's called The Stylist. I'll keep this short and sweet so we can get to the interview. But if you are a fan of horror thrillers that are about someone and their descent into madness, plus I'm a sucker for a good movie that involves a job title that puts a really kind of fucked up twist on said job title, you should check this one out. You should track this one down. Like I said, it's got a Blu-ray release. It's on Shudder. Uh, it's also on Aero Video Streaming Service, which is a streaming platform I always forget. And I remember hearing about this film making the rounds on the festival circuit in late 2020. I think that's why I'm catching up to a lot of things right now. A lot of 2020 blurriness is uh, starting to become unblurry to me. Well shot, well crafted, well executed, well acted film all around. Loved it. And I know I got some friends in my life that also happen to work in a hair salon, so you might want to go track this one down. With all that being said, I got the director on the show. So, time to tune in and hear a cool interview. Welcome to The Basement. everybody today on the basement i have a filmmaker here with me and i'm i'm a little slow i'm catching up on a lot of things and one day i'm just sitting at home with the baby and i pop on shutter and saw something new came on called the stylist and i'd heard about it floating around through a few other filmmakers had been talking about it on facebook and whatnot and sat through all hour and 45ish minutes of it and thought I need to track her down. I need to get her on the show. Uh, Jill Guevara-Gazian, welcome to the
1: basement. Thank you for having me, and thank you for watching the film. Just <laughs> just seeing it go by, you never know. Who, I who does yeah, it that I, way.
0: I I'd, <laughs> I'd heard of. I mean, we're, we're going to touch on the stylist in a little bit, um, but I'd I'd heard about it because when did, it came out in twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, it first came out uh, last summer on you know, on demand and. It started on Arrow's streaming channel.
0: Yes, correct. I think I I think I saw you have a YouTube channel, I believe. And then you do like an unboxing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, it's I so like I like I said, we'll touch on the stylist in a little bit, but um I just love like little horror thrillers about someone descending into madness, and I, I think you really captured that really well i just want to say and i think and it was cool to see it from it was like it was from a female perspective because i see like a lot of movies with guys like the joker one hour photo with robin williams and it was just kind of like a it was just a cool cool little concept so um and it started out as a short too so uh we'll touch on that but I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to the beginning and get a little bit of your origin origin story because I know you and me are kind of meeting for the first time here on the fly. Um, did you always want to make films? What kind of got you into this world?
1: I um no, for like a long time I didn't even think that that was like a possibility. I um. I had made stuff when I was younger, like silly stuff, just my dad's giant camcorder. And uh, I think it was like something I just never even thought was like something that like normal people did until I finally saw some uh, independent films at a horror convention in like 2012. So not like 10 years ago and not that long ago, I met the people, I saw their films and that's when it like, I feel like it really dawned on me, like, oh, like normal regular people make movies too um not just like hollywood very for you know rich people or something yeah who are already connected to the system or something and so i had i grown up doing a lot of different creative things and uh like dancing and photography and then doing hair i actually still do and um so and i had put on a few like shows that I called like these like art shows that were had like performance art that I like directed that was kind of like a horror performance art. And um so it was just like all these things that kind of I felt led me there. And then I saw these films and I I had experience doing events. So I started a, a movie night here in Kansas City where I'm from and like once a month we did that for years where we showed independent films and just that became more and more inspiring. And then I kind of like snuck on, like offered to work on some like small films around town just to get on sets. And uh, and a friend of mine who I started to write for like a horror blog, and he also wrote for them a downright creepy, which is still a site going on. Um, And Eric, they had the script, Eric Havens, who went on to help me write stylist had the script for something called call girl which is my first short film it was called date night at the time and uh um I just asked I was like can I direct this thing and uh I didn't even know what the hell that meant because Eric decided he didn't want to direct it and um so I just dove into trying to make this thing and then just kept doing it like so yeah it's really like was inspired by meeting real people that did it. I always loved movies, obsessed with movies, but I thought it was just something like completely out of reach, I think for a very long time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I've always flocked more towards personally, just for me, the the indie world, people are more approachable, especially in horror. I, I've noticed that with the genre, horror genre people, they just, they're more welcoming. There's more of a tighter community and whatnot. Yeah. Um, was it always horror films or is there things outside of the genre that you like?
1: Yeah, I like, I'm definitely a fan of films outside the genre. I like, uh, I mean, I just like, I like drama a lot too. I like emo- really any film that can be really, you know, engage you on a really emotional level. And I think a lot of genres can do that um, is like my favorite thing about watching films. So I want that in a movie. But, um, and so I really like horror but I also really love thrillers like in all the subgenres of thriller, thrillers psychological crime thrillers you can fuse those into th- like seven is a combination of both of those things I love David Fincher's work um so I have an interest in making a, a lot of st- stuff outside of horror or stuff that I think there's a lot of stuff that's like all all connect somewhere you can't really like pigeonhole it into one place you know mm. like even seven obviously has horrific s- scenes in it um yeah. there's debates that's- about all those movies is it a horror movie is it whatever and um and it's that's also a drama so i really i like all that kind of stuff and stuff that's just really emotionally engaging and i'm mostly interested in like character pieces no matter like what the genre is um so yeah it's and I try to kind of do that with my shorts I've made some shorts that are more so just thriller to just to kind of like dabble in some other genres and then the stylist was my attempt at like using like drama horror, thriller because for me at its base like it's a character drama who happens to do things that are horrific so it becomes a horror movie naturally yeah. um but yeah it was so I'm really interested in all in a lot of stuff and like the core of it's really like character and um, an emotional storytelling for me.
0: You mentioned seven, and I just always feel like I need to say this. And I know I've probably said it on this podcast before. The the scene where they find the corpse or what they think is a corpse with the air fresheners. It's so good. To this, <laughs> to this day. Like I've shown that scene to people who haven't seen seven. And I just I'm like, I'm watching, I'm watching it and I'm watching them watch, it, and I'm just going, Oh my god, I can't wait for the reaction. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, pop in seven or click play on seven tonight. It's, oh my God, such a wild scene. Um, such an incredible
1: film, like yeah. top to bottom.
0: Oh yeah, that's such an awesome film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Drop some uh, titles, but real quick before I transition into your film work uh, with inspirations here. Um, What was, like, the one film that made you, you looked up at the screen and said, you know, I want to do that?
1: Mm, weirdly, <laughs> uh, when I was younger, the movie that made me really crazy about movies was uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet that has, like, Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Um, that made like that was when I was making tons of stuff with my dad's camcorder and it was all very silly stuff, but I was like, yeah, I, it clearly like really inspired me. And, um, a lot of that film and not just like that film specifically, but like tragedies and theatrical, like Shakespearean type stuff has a lot of influence on the stylist, even, um, that kind of like aesthetic and just the theatrical nature of the story of the story. Um, but yeah, it was really, probably that movie even though i grew up also like a horror fanatic see i love the sad tragic movies a lot too (laughs) just as much as horror for sure
0: interesting nobody's nobody's dropped romeo and juliet on this before all right cool cool no i i dig it i I think (laughs) definitely a weird one i mean i still haven't seen the new elvis movie yet but i heard it's gotten some really good reviews Um, i
1: loved it It you did all right cool
0: i'll um i'll get around to it (laughs) um and i thought his great gatsby wasn't that bad either but uh anyway moving on um you're from kansas city and you're still you're still in kansas city i kansas city and look i'm a i'm a guy and maybe not so much anymore but well at least not for a while but me and my wife would just flip a coin you know, what, what city do you want to travel to for three or four days? And we just like, like going to places, Kansas city was on the bucket list for a little bit. I'd never been. Um, what, but like, what is the like kind of film market out there? The independent film market. I, I, I never knew a filmmaker from Kansas city before, so I, I don't know what it's like out there.
1: Yeah, we have like, we have a pretty awesome community of film, you know, filmmakers here. It's not, it's not as big of a film town because we don't have you know like the towns that get really big with so really huge productions coming that have like a nice you know, like tax incentive that really brings productions in you know our city and the states are like fighting for that because that brings like the whole industry will s- suddenly show up like how much atlanta and louis louisiana for instance are huge it is like they shoot more there than they do in la a lot of people don't realize that uh, but um you know that it's really cool cuz we have tons of people especially on the indie level you know like fighting to get their stuff made and making stuff on their own but we you can also still you know work in the industry full time here it's a lot of like commercial work and reality tv they shot a lot of the, that actually the last few seasons of queer eye the netflix version of it oh. here and and because of that they're shooting actually one of a new comedy series here that's a netflix show that Amy Poehler might even be connected to when I saw the news I was like how do I get on this set I will be a production assistant I will do anything (laughs) just to like work on this to like see something like of that size um but uh so it's it's growing and we hope it grows more but I was really excited I'm really proud of the city and wanted to show it off as much as I could in the movie and so we really like with like any basic scene we figure out like how can we make it this like more dynamic by and show off the city by putting it somewhere that's more unique than just like a basic park or a basic parking lot um so it was really cool but and it's because we have such a community it is easy to make something once you have if you have the finance that's the hardest part with every filmmaker we're trying to find the money to make stuff but yeah there's so much talent here that i was it was my dream to make my first feature if not all of them here so that I could like bring the work back to the city and work with the people that I would like love to give that opportunity to that have helped me on like we all make all these short films together all of us none of us have money to make the short films we all work on each other's stuff and it's a dream to be able to bring that stuff here not have to go somewhere else to make it with new people
0: (laughs) no no that is that's that's so freaking cool because that's Kind of what I've aspired to do, but I don't want to say failed at, but some setbacks, but, um, well, let's jump into the stylist right now. Um, the, I guess the big million dollar question is like, how did this, if we want to start with the short maybe, or the feature, just go back and forth, but like, how did this idea come to you? I know you mentioned you yourself are also still a hairstylist which I think is kind of cool because I, I like films about a workplace for some reason. So like you kind of hooked me there. I mean, I have no chance at ever pursuing that career, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think it's cool how now that I know that like you, I mean, you probably were sitting there one day and thought X, Y, Z, this would make a good film, but how did it, how did it come to be the idea?
1: Yeah, it was um it was a lot of all those things. Like, I'm sitting there one day and I was like, how how does this not already exist? The like the basic idea of like a slasher more so hairstylist killer. And I was thinking about all the nineties, like early nineties movies that did that that were profession-based slasher movies. And I'm like, this yeah. should there was the dentist and Dr. Giggles. Love oh, Dr. Giggles. Dr. Shout Giggles. Out there's the landlady there's lots of like smaller ones that were ice like,
0: cream man with ron howard like i, I love ron all Howard's that like,
1: <laughs> yes all the like the some things even like the stepfather that's not a profession but that's a great fucking psychological slasher ish thing um like all of those it was like well how does that not already happen in that time and then when i started to develop like what would wolf I was like, I felt like I could do an, a unique, like I had something special to bring the table if I were to try to do it. Being a hairstylist, having that perspective, all the like real things that I could bring from from that world into a genre movie, um, it just seemed like it felt like I, something I should, I was supposed to do. Like it felt like, it felt like a special thing I could do in a unique way, and then when I started thinking like how would I approach it because I didn't really know that I wanted to make like this full-blown slasher version which is a little more campy which I think that movie could still exist and it should (laughs) um (laughs) but but then I started to think how you know I would make her more of of it make it more of a character piece and it'd be more psychological and from her perspective like more anti-hero like and but she started as like a very inspired by characters like Leatherface and May Lucky McKee's May Ooh, um
0: I didn't think that
1: because there's not that many films horror movies especially that are told from the 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 bad guy or the killer's perspective um Maniac is an obvious one and then the scalping connection um but yeah it just it all felt like the thing to do and it was also like a lot of, you know, young filmmakers, we read the, uh, Robert Rodriguez book rebel without a crew. And he you talks about, me yes, <laughs> I'm like, is mine right there. But it's, <laughs> uh, you know, he talks about like, when you don't have that, you know, you don't have money to buy things like the way to up your production value is like, what do you have access to that? That will do that. Like cool locations, cool props, cars, people that are unique looking, whatever it might be that, makes your thing more than just shooting in a white walled apartment which we see a lot of short films that look like that yeah the difference is like what how can you make something look cinematic too and so I always was thinking that way with short films and so that was part of it like oh I've like I know a lot of friends that work in different salons and so like I'm always thinking location first what's a cool location that we can you don't really see a lot and it could be really like I, I'm way into the design of a film and that part of it so it was all those things like I have access to the locations I have access to the the perspective and I, I could bring something special to this idea that's like a regular person couldn't that's not a hairstylist and um, then I ended up putting like tons of myself in the character and like it's actually the salon I work in. It's my dog. It's like, okay, a lot of that was one stuff. of my
0: questions. Like, Does <laughs> she work? Did she work at this place? Like,
1: yes. And I hope I'm like one day if the film is very successful, people will come by and want their hair scalped by me. No, I'm, kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, it won't be scalped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's cool. That's your dog too, the uh, little sidekick character dog. Um, <laughs> and you have a uh, you got to let like, you have a cameo right in the feature version yeah yeah that that was that was cool that was cool you had a Alfred Hitchcock moment I guess or whatnot but um no that's that's cool because I I I love like I said like horror films that take place within a job and it's cool that you reference Robert Rodriguez's use what you have around you because yeah my first film I ever made um out of college with no money Uh, I was thinking of ideas and all my friends hung out at a gas station and we filmed a movie that's basically clerks at a gas station. And that was my first thing.
1: That's that classic clerks spot.
0: Yeah, like, and it it really, yeah. A lot of people tell me that it's basically clerks at a gas station. I'm like, "Uh, what do you want from me? But um, uh, crew wise with, um, was it the same crew from the short that worked on the feature?
1: It was, it was almost everyone the same plus like it tripled in size of course ne- and which was there's so many days on set I would look around and be like how are we affording this how are this many people here I was always very worried about all of this but it wasn't my job to worry on the day and they'd tell and my producers would tell me that I'm like I'm not used to not being worried about all those things um but yeah it was an incredible advantage in that way that like all the especially the like head creative department people came over from the short so we had all been thinking about it for 500 years in the meantime it felt like five years but 500 um like our dp robert stern the production designer sarah sharp they came over our editor our composer our Col- colorist on the you know, post-production um, so many people lots of the same camera teams since our dp and my dp and production designer us three are, are like the main three creative producers as well so they've been collecting little things for the film with as long as while i've been writing it for years and so we really were able to like build this thing i think in a really special way that's not normal if it wouldn't have happened exactly the way it did. And then even the and the of course our lead actress, she's in that way could almost I feel like is in in some way a part of creating the character on a deeper level because she helped build her background with me over those years and while we were writing her writing the full length version. And so I feel like so short. lucky. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because she was in the short film too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so from short to feature, like I have a ton of filmmakers making shorts, trying to get features or whatnot, like whatever you can tell me about the process, like for the audience, like how did you get a short into the feature? Like how, what was the hard work meets luck scenario that got it into production?
1: Um, Oh my God. (laughs) So many things. I think that like a big factor with if you're trying to make a short that your goal is for it to become a feature is to like build that fan base for it as well as just like trying to make a proof of concept to be able to show like investors eventually it's um i feel like we really benefited from the fact that i with the short film traveled with it like to almost every crazy film festival it played i like invested a stupid amount of money into doing that just out of my own pocket because I know how much it's number one, a lot of fun. I also know how important it is to be there. The people who watch your movie are going to remember your movie when you're there. And also um, like just the, who knows who you're going to meet at every, every place you go and where that's going to lead. Um, but I think that's, like I said, that helps build your fan base. You being there shows people how like that's inspiring. Cause they're like, Oh, they're actually here with their like short film. And then the, the people will see so many short films that you forget them easily, even great ones. Mm. And um, so it's helpful you remembered more in that way. You created more of an impact. Um, and I think that's what helped like build enough of a fan base for the feature that we could crowdfund for a good portion of the features budget because we had enough people had heard of the short or seen it. Um, so we were able to raise like a good amount of money in that way. Cause we spent five years between the feature and short trying to get it financed the, like the traditional route, sending it to all these producers and investors and hoping we would just get a huge check from someone eventually. And, um, finally we're like, we're just going to figure out how to make this with the smallest amount of money humanly possible. Um, so the Kickstarter was just like a portion of it really. That was to like green light it. We can probably shoot the movie maybe with this money. And then we're going to figure out how to pay for post-production and a lot more. Um, which is like a matter of like for people that really like wonder, like, like piecing together, like tiny investments at a time, like you're shooting the movie and you're not even sure, like you have your like post team lined up, but you don't have any idea like how you're paying all of them yet or not even close, which I hate that. But I realized that was part of actually getting this, like, I was never going to get it made if I didn't just start making it, which is kind of counterintuitive for me. It's like, I need to know I'm going to be able to finish it. But you don't actually know for certain. You just, like, have to believe it's going to happen. And then then the magic of that makes people help you, like, because something about the, like, the faith in it, Mm -hmm. I don't know where my voice is going suddenly. Um, But, yeah, it was very challenging. I felt like it came down to just, like, pure, like, sheer will. We're, like, we're going to make this happen now. Like, we're done waiting and we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. And that's, that is an independent filmmaker for you. That, that's, that's how it goes. I, I you know, you, you tone post-production people, you know, Hey, I don't have the money for this, but I'm going to get it to you and have the money for this. But that's such a, I've been in the trenches too. I feel you. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to talk about your, your two leads in the feature um, because, well, first thing I want to mention because you're not the first filmmaker I've had on this show who has directed Bria Grant and like just I know she's one of the two but um like just talk to me about working with her because I know she's obviously gone on to what did she just make a Blumhouse movie I think (laughs) yeah
1: she's doing so much she's now she's directed for a long time but now she's really really blowing up as a director and writer um you know, she even writes on you know, she, she, we talk a lot about her genre stuff but she writes even on like a few different netflix series like she is such an incredibly talented person like all over the board and like you know, we all i remember seeing her in like heroes that that series back in the day She's oh. one of the characters and so actually when i got to first work with her i was like on a geek level like I don't know if I can do this because I'm really intimidated by this person that I never thought I'd ever be able to even meet, let alone like direct. I'm not like I didn't feel. it was like I am not capable of directing someone so much more experienced. (laughs) But that's how that's been my trick the whole time is like working with way more experienced people, and then I learn a lot from them. Yeah, and hopefully one day I'll have that much experience as they do. (laughs) Like I met her on another project we have yet to get to make. Like I was brought on to to be attached as the director it was written by eric stoles who also helped write Stylus. actually stole him and bria from that project and brought him onto the stylist um and after i met her we had already written many drafts of the stylist at that point and i once i knew her i was like i kept picturing her in that role and i was like once we actually are able, talk closer to being serious about making this i want to ask her but i knew i didn't want to like hypothetically ask her I was too intimidated <laughs> at that point but um she's so so talented and and so much like that character in in the way that like she's someone who is so so sweet and so friendly that the that she could be misconstrued as someone you could let like you could like You know, walk over or something, but she's so the opposite of that. I find that so inspiring. But she's such a like, I will correct you if you say something wrong about my career. I will like a strong, motherfucking badass who's only like I'm five feet tall. She's my height, and I just love like when someone that is so unassuming is such a strong badass, but not in like a rude way. It's just like she's like I'm just I'm gonna say my piece because I everyone deserves to, and I just find her so. it was so so cool to work with her and i was so worried i didn't have any backup plan and she's like you're saying she's doing so much directing and that when when we shot it she was in line for so many things that it was kind of like if she's available while we're shooting she will play she's like i want to do it but i knew she's not going to turn down a huge job for what we have to pay on this tiny thing um but it worked out and was like not only like a few weeks out did I know for sure she was doing it. And I'm like, no, no effing clue what we would have done. There was not a backup plan in place. Um, but, and then it ended up being a dream to see Najara fi- and Bria finally actually on camera together. I hadn't, I didn't test that like you would in a, in a normal fantasy world. Wow,
0: they had so much, they had great chemistry. I didn't
1: test how it would work and because they're supposed to feel so opposite, but yeah. the same at the same time. And it was just like a perfect clash in the, per- like we, we filmed that really confrontational scene of them on the parking garage. First time they were together, the first scene. And I was like, and it was perfect. I was like, oh my God. It was like a heartbreaking scene for me because it's very awkward. But um, but I was like, it's, it's so perfect. Exactly what I hoped it would be. And then I felt like it was kind of cool that we worked backwards from there to do that first when they're less comfortable with each other, even though they had already known each other in real life, but like, because they're only going to get more comfortable. We all hung out with each other every night after actually, and Bria's intentionally didn't come on set on days she wasn't in scenes where Claire's, spoiler alert, stalking her through the whole movie, she was like, her, Olivia her character wouldn't know these things are happening so she's trying to stay away from that as much as possible and she didn't even like reread those scenes ever after she wrote it the first time and I was like that's really I mean she is such a seasoned actor and like now she's has a brand new film with a Blumhouse that uh torn hearts mm-hmm. she she just directed uh 12 hour shift before that. She wrote Lucky, which is another one on Shutter that yeah. she's also in. Yeah. I mean it's just like they filmed incredible. that <laughs> they
0: filmed that not far uh, they filmed I think they filmed it in Florida.
1: I'm um, not sure.
0: I think they I cuz like I don't know. I I'm, I'm I'm from the northeast but I'm down in Florida right now and I'm watching that movie. No, it wasn't Lucky. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different movie. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but she's in the, she's in this other one too but um sorry oh I,
1: after midnight i bet is what you're talking about
0: yeah about the guy who's like he's he abandoned yeah yeah i think they filmed that about like uh out in like totally
1: the boonies they of did florida film that there.
0: yeah because i'm watching i'm just like why does this look like florida <laughs> and i'm like wait a minute i know where that bar is. i've been yes, that there.
1: director or or I'm not sure if the director and the and um Jeremy, the star, or I can't think of his last name. He's also a director. Why the hell can't think of it? But um I believe they're both based in Florida. Interesting. Where it's all connected. The horror world is very small yeah, and connected.
0: It is a small community. Can't piss
1: anybody off. Everybody knows each <laughs> other. That <laughs> um, is smart. And don't talk shit on people. Everyone yeah. is friends. <laughs> yeah no
0: no that that's that's cool that's i think it was like leesburg florida or something um but anyway moving on back to your film um you said you were very in tune with like the design and whatnot and your cinematographer and i think it was i think you said a few minutes ago you your cinematographer and maybe your writer they're all you guys are kind of like all like the three main producer heads on the film I, i just i don't know if this is really a question but I just felt like this, and I'm not a cinematographer. I come from a writing background. Um, So I don't want to say too many technical things that I don't know about. So I'll just say this was like a really well shot movie. And the scene in her basement when she has all the wigs around is so dreamlike. And I know it's involving scalps, but like it's beautiful, I thought in in a crazy way. Just talk to me about like how you guys how you guys set up a shot and whatnot and just made it look so
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I freaking love that scene too. That's my favorite design yeah. scene, even though that's hard for me to say because I lo- love so many things that how it, it ended up turning out and coming to life visually. Um, but yeah, so we put so much time ahead into that. My production designers, the other person I mentioned being involved that early, she um, and she was even collecting things for that room for years. And the DP, he was collecting vintage lights, the lights we have like kind of surrounding her vanity that create this like altar almost around it. Um, it was such a cool scene to design because it's like, we call it Claire's lair her like basement which you know every in my mind every serial killer has their like lair or whatever the fuck and i in my mind i also imagined which i realized you don't see it ever but like in the original texas chainsaw i'm like he must have a room where he's got his masks like hanging on the wall or something and he puts one on and like gets ready and so it's like it's like this is her room and we really approach it in a different way like there's so many I feel like rooms like this we'd see in movies where they're like scary and dingy and cold and wet and like gross. And since this is, this whole thing was supposed to be like, it's Claire's story. We're trying to be in her shoes and feel what how she feels when she sees things. So I was like, this should feel, this is like the warm, warmest place in the movies. We use like only gold light for that reason. It's all like candles and a few practical lights in the scene that are golden and um color we have as a theme through the whole movie and it all has like meaning which color we're using when but the yellow is you know her main color like the gold color mm-hmm. and then that that room being having only gold in it and it being like this is her safe place this is where she goes to try to escape and feel like safe and free and then i learned that my production designer described it to our her team when they were design you know building the actual set and the room um as like a nest so it's like circular surrounding claire and and then she's also thinking which there she's a this team is a dream scenario because sarah and robert the production designer and dp are married so they're like always talking about these ideas together when they're at home and she's also thinking a lot like a camera person because of that even more than than others and so she's thinking no matter where the camera is like claire will be surrounded by figurines candles everything and um, i just i lo- and i love the idea of her saying calling it a nest like from to anyone else it might look like a mess but to her it's this like safe thing that in- you know keeps her circled in and safe from the world mm-hmm. um so yeah it was always and from the short film, even we described like the the general look for the film, but especially scenes like that as like having this like elegance to it. And like an elegance you normally wouldn't approach a horror movie with and yeah. um, even like a romance. And that comes, I think, from like a lot of the tra- tra- tragedy inspiration and... Um, we kind of kept that everywhere like she's it's almost like this romantic thing she has going on with the hair and like when she's in the salon even like the slow-mo of her when she's like styling hair it all kind of going into this dream place like we're transfixed we're transported into like her mind like she's like lost in the hair and uh so we really did yeah like approach the camera work with a. we created like a language and i made a whole like book and we shared with everyone that's like the general lookbook but we have like pages about camera language and like we zoom when we zoom it it means this when we use like a, a certain kind of like certain kind of shots or whatever we have meaning for it so like which I think that's like when you take the time to prepare a film, you have the, then you have the time to like put intention behind every decision, which like all the filmmakers I admire are those types that are kind of like psychos about preparing and the detail that goes into it. And those details should all have a reason. And that's like what makes a film feel like, I think full. It's like, you might not understand why, like the thing in the background is there, but the, but the person who made it does. And like, even though you don't know exactly, it's like it, it's like perceived without you realize. I feel like something about that, that's what makes those films like so special. So we really tried to geek out about that. And, but it's like, yeah, I don't even know where to be. I can go on a rant about that kind of stuff, like the look and how he approached it. We were like, you know, blocking scenes in locations three months before we were shooting already. Wow. And so we put a lot of time into planning it. And and that scene, especially the basement, we are like, this basement goes through kind of everything that's going in t- in claire's hair like it, it gets just dis- in her head it gets destroyed at one point and then kind of put back together at the end in a different way and so it's yeah it was very we're very into the visuals and the me- and meaning behind it and taking the time to be able to actually do that and it, they're a freaking dream a mm-hmm. dream team to work with
0: I know. I, <laughs> oh my I, God. I feel like sometimes <laughs> why it like, looks so
1: good. <laughs> yeah. It, it,
0: it's a very beautifully shot film. Um, Cause I feel like sometimes with indie horror, you get X amount of dollars. It's like Roger Corman. You got 10 days, get me something quick. Like, get,
1: yeah, I felt
0: <laughs> like every shot, even you were talking about the parking lot uh, scene with the two of them, the two leads and like, i don't know just like the skyline of kansas city i think is in the background and i'm just like wow like it just felt like every shot was you guys were very every shot needed to matter you know it wasn't just like throw it on the shoulder rig we, we were yeah. running out of time kind of thing so th- i believe th- that cool. with
1: all my heart like that's <laughs> so important yeah <laughs> like that is so important
0: <laughs> no that, that that's cool that's cool so um, the film played a few major genre film festivals uh, was this, correct me if I'm wrong but I'm just reading off of I think the trailer uh stitches fright fest fantastic fest what's it like playing genre I've, I've talked to filmmakers who've gotten to play at horror Fest, and they say it's it's the best thing ever for a filmmaker so what was it like
1: it is the best thing and like <laughs> going to festivals is so fun i i joked and it's not even a joke it's completely true. We're like when I was making shorts still, I mean, I still make, I'm not above making shorts, but before I made a feature and I finished one and then whatever I got into, I'd like try to go to as many of the festivals. I'm like, we, j- I just make, we keep making films just so we have an, ex, like a reason to come back to the festivals other than just as a fan. Like we yeah. feel special. there. <laughs> I just want to come back and watch all the movies. It's so fun. But um, those festivals we played, the ones you listed, the only sad part was we were in the middle it was 2020 so they were oh, all virtual yeah <laughs> um so i'm very sad i didn't get to experience some of, like a, the beginning of it in person the, the festival part but we did get to still play after that uh we still even have some festivals still coming even though we've been out for a year but um i still got to experience a lot in person and it's there's nothing like like being in the room while it's playing mm-hmm. you can always hear like reactions after is is one thing but like to know if specific moments worked the way maybe you hope they would did or like yeah. there's like one moment i find really funny in a very awkward way and when a crowd laughs at it i'm like yes like i fought to keep the scene in the movie and when it works i get really <laughs> excited but um i mean it's a dream come true like fantastic fest it's like the biggest genre fest in the United States. And even though we played virtually in the upside was then anyone in the US could access it from home versus just people at you know in Texas yeah. while it happens. And um uh we were they made it a much smaller thing, like to make it, I feel like kind of a bigger deal since it wasn't in person that we were only one of like 10 films that played it, and um so it was awesome and Then we landed like a great distribution deal not long after that. And we had XYZ films on to Mm -hmm. actually rep us as a sales agent, which was like a dream for a film of our baby size movie. I think that helped us a lot. But oh, my God, it was it was a dream. And I just wish I could have been in person. I've been trying to go to a lot since I'm like, I got to make up for missing the Mm in-person thing. but yeah so cool and the funny thing about uh is, though that one's in spain and i'm like called it uh, <laughs> i call it that too i don't even know i, heard all I think because i had it I had, right
0: i had, I had a guest on that called it that too and i'm just like
1: oh, i guess it's stitches <laughs> they um it's like a super fancy festival in spain yeah. i'm dying to go to it and they had part of it in person they had like halfway through they turn it virtual so it clearly wasn't a great idea but (laughs) the people out there and i'm not being being trying to talk any shit i find it actually very funny at the time um they were so like most horror festivals are like full of like crazy fans that just you know are just hungry to watch horror movies and they fucking love it you know like you don't see lots of reactions that are negative about films if people don't like it they kind of just like don't really talk about it at siege is like every, the responses on because i'm following it like since i'm not there it's like the only way i can connect on twitter like all the hashtags and people were tearing our movie apart and i was like laughing at it i have a great a humor sense of humor about it but i was like wow like this is not the same like culture around the movies that we have at our like horror centered festivals i was like it was like every person was like a hardcore serious critic like even your regular just like attendee i'm like they are they are not fucking around i was getting a kick out of it though i I, i'm like we got to make a poster with some of these quotes on it like they are brutal (laughs) that's cool how you handle criticism like i mean you need you need i feel like you need all you need to see all sides of it yeah (laughs) no
0: that's completely understandable (laughs) <laughs> um, so this is the part of the show where, uh, let's just say, I, I understand how non-disclosure agreements work or how anything else goes in this business, but if you have anything that you are working on right now or coming down the pipeline that you'd like to talk about or plug the floor is yours.
1: Yes. Um, I may mean, wish to freaking God, I was working on something sooner or, or that I was like directing starting tomorrow. Um, I'm working on stuff. I have a lot of stuff in just in the script phase where the script is ready. And now we're trying to start to send to producers and then the horrible game of, will you ever find the money to make it? Um, But I I'm excited that there's something concrete happening that I'm connected to, at least in some way. Um, I'm helping produce co-produce a film that we shot in March called black mold. And it's a, um, it's a thriller horror Directed by John Pata and he edited the stylist. So mm-hmm. we're all in the same family, and it's the same cinematographer, production designer, almost all the same team from the stylist working on Black Mold. And uh, I even did hair on it, which is funny. As long as I've done hair at a salon, I've never done it on a movie until now, and I found it was fun and very eye-opening to have a, a perspective on a to work on a feature in a different position like that. Um, and while also kind of being a producer, I'd be like, I'm still the hairstylist, guys. They would come to me. I'm like, I'm not in charge of anything important right now. That's that that producer. <laughs> <over there. laughs> um, but it was so inspiring also just to be on a set like I went left town for almost a whole month, which I love going on, a, like making movies, like going on an adventure, you know, that's yeah. like my favorite thing about it. But um, just to be with like all the people from the movie for almost a whole month in a hotel we were in a small town in illinois shooting in like all these abandoned fucking creepy as hell awesome buildings and um so i'm so excited for it to come out it's about a couple uh photographers who are artists who uh explore abandoned buildings so the real ones we were in Mm -hmm. (laughs) um they're like one of them's preparing for this huge exhibit and she's just gotten it she's like figured out how to access this old hospital that they've never been able to get into and needless to say, things get very um, fucked up once they get in there. It's a mad, It's like, is the black mold fucking them up? Is something supernatural happening? There's lots of questions. And so I'm really excited about, it's one of those films I think will just leave people with like lots of conversations. It's not like it doesn't button it up for you. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite kind of movie. Um, I'm really excited. We're hoping that I'll start playing in like early next year at festivals. So follow the social media until then but yeah i'm also i'm writing and trying to get back to work myself i'm like even thinking maybe i should make a short just to i need to exercise my director muscle it's been too long yeah and if it takes too long to make even best case scenario you know
0: no i hear you um yeah, I need to make a short too. <laughs> uh, but uh, you mentioned follow uh, follow the film, track it down. Uh, as for that and anything else, like where could we track you or anything else you're working on down on socials anywhere? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter?
1: Yeah, I'm at Jill 6 with two X's and all, all the all the social medias. and I definitely am try to stay on top of that. I in fact I run the black mold social media as well that's like I tend to get hired to do that because I feel that's become a thing I understand (laughs) like that's a game you can really benefit from as a filmmaker like I preach that to everyone don't be too cool to promote the shit out of yourself because that's like no one's gonna do it for you um but yeah and I have a website I desperately need to update I'm reminded every time I bring it up on an interview damn it um j- uh, You're not alone. .com. Everybody's
0: like, there's so many. <laughs> like, we all like, have to do all of this by
1: ourselves. Damn it! It's yeah.
0: like there's so many there's- cinematographers there. And like, yeah, I have a website, but I haven't updated it in like five. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just has a friend of mine. I'm like, I want to see your reel because he's been shooting a lot of yeah. stuff. Who he's worked as a, his name is Devante Brown. He's worked as cam an operator on all my shit and on stylists and he DPs too. And I'm like, I'd love to work with him. He said the same thing. He's like, I'm updating my reel now. I'm like. i'm not even talking shit my website is not even have the fact that this movie's out yet it came out over a year ago oh shit Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: my website's down because i'm redoing it so (laughs) um well cool i will leave a link to all that in the show notes of this show uh I, I look forward to what comes down the pipeline for you. Um, just based off of seeing the stylist a month ago, thank you for getting back to me via email. I tracked you down on IMDb pro some people are like, well, how'd you get my email? I'm just like, I, I have IMDb and I'm like, I, I, so, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thank you. yeah, thank you for, thank you for coming on. And as for you guys, the listeners, you know, the routine, Leave a rating, leave a review, check out the stylus. It's on Shutter. Is it anywhere else, by the way? I should ask before we go.
1: It's on it's also on Aero Streaming platform, but it yes. can be rented, you know, all the places on on demand. Amazon, YouTube, Apple, TV, all the things. Or go get the badass collectors arrow Blu-ray they put out. It has a poster, fucking a CD, <laughs> tons of behind the scenes contact content. It's ridiculous how much stuff we put on there. All right.
0: <laughs> There you have it. Uh, Go track that down. Check out The Stylist. And uh, Jill, thank you for a great show. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody.